For me, success is doing what I want with who I want. (laughs) And so, you know, I, I revel in the fact that I love what I do and I get to do it day in and day out. You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life for the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. Welcome back. And in this episode, my guest today is such this phenomenal interior designer. She runs a beautiful agency. And when I see her work, you know, in magazines and online, and uh, when I see her in her on her pages, it is so beautiful. It's so inspiring. And then I look at like my place, I've, I have a beautiful apartment. But there is a room in my apartment, I'm just like not happy with. I'm just not happy with it. I'm just not. And then I look at those images, and I think, yeah, I need to need a bit of Nikki inspo in here so this episode is going to share Nikki's going to share about herself and how she got to build her her business but she's but we're also going to get a sense of like what you could be doing and things to think about for your own space and why because our spaces are sacred you know my home is is my safe spot you know and now obviously in the last 18 months even more so than ever you know, before the pandemic, I traveled so much. I bought, we bought this, our place in 2018. But I want to say I traveled so much that I could probably count how many weeks I was in my apartment that in the, in any year. And particularly that in 2019, it was so crazy. And so it has been so wonderful to be able to spend time in my place and the, so it, and it's a sacred place and so when we talk about self-care so you know I'm all about self-care one of the things that facilitates self-care is our space is paying attention to our space is having a space for us to retreat into like it's my bedroom like to retreat into that we feel safe that we have quiet space that we have space where we can rejuvenate and so I'm really excited about you hearing Nikki and hearing Nikki's story and our conversation and to see what is it that you can take away that's going to support you in creating your own sacred space. That's also there in self-care. So whilst we look within within our self-care, we have to also look at our environment as well. You are going to love Nikki. I know I say that about all my guests, but you really will. And so I give you Nikki Clue. Let me tell you about her, right? Nikki Clue is the CEO and and principal designer of the Nikki Clue Design Group. She is an interior designer, a wife, a mother of four wonderful sons, and an advocate for living a life filled with luxury, excitement, and deep joy every day. With over 17 years of interior design experience and a passion for creating spaces that support and improve your overall well-being, she designs homes that make you feel like a better you. She's um, formerly began at the Arts Institute of Albuquerque, and then she's crafted and improved spaces as far back as she could remember. She is a professional member of the ASID, a certified interior designer and a mentor to others. She has been featured in numerous magazines and shows, 
I give you Nikki Clue. So Nikki, thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on She's Got Drive. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me, Shirley. I am excited to start talking to you about your work, just your creative lens, you know, the way that you view the world that some of us don't have necessarily in our space. Why don't we start with you sharing with my listeners, you know, what do you do and how did you come to do what you do? Like, what was your trajectory to get there? Gotcha, gotcha. So I am an interior designer mm-hmm. of over 20 years, and I like to say I create sacred spaces. And mm-hmm. it really is about creating spaces that we absolutely love, that we're nurtured in, that we feel like we can come and relax and um, really let our hair down and have fun and re-energize and recharge and entertain. So I like creating spaces that uh, people are feel good in and feel good about. And the spaces that you create, is it just work? Is it home? Like where, or is it anywhere? Actually, we do create both residential and commercial spaces. Um, So many of our clients are business owners that they pulled us into their commercial spaces. So mostly small offices when they want their their, office space to feel like the brand and like them and Mm -hmm. uh, really welcome the clientele in that they serve. Okay. So how did you start? You know, you said 20 years ago, how did you start? And then what was your, because it, what was that? And how did you, yeah, let's just start there. How did you start getting into interior design? Yeah. professionally for 20 plus years, but really all my life, like as far back as I can remember uh, being eight, nine years old, I was decorating my little tiny bedroom in Houston, Texas, <laughs> rearranging the furniture and painting the walls and organizing all my crafts. Um, I loved, love, love the container store. And um, I was just always like maximizing my space. Mm-hmm. So I've just always been designing as far back. And my mom and I used to be weekend warriors where we would change out light fixtures and hang crown molding and sew drapery. <laughs> so uh, I say my mom is my muse because that's where I started. Right. And so when um, when did it become like clear for you that that's what you wanted to do as your work? And mm-hmm. did you start working for someone else or did you just like starting your own entity like how did you begin right so i decided i wanted this to be my career um it, you know it was the emergence of hgtv at the same time i bought my own home my own first home mm-hmm. i had four children at that time and it was decorating our house and and, and just wanted something that was you know for me that i could do solely for me and right could you know express my creativity and uh speak to adults <laughs> you can imagine four sons under the age of six I definitely was craving for some adult interaction and wow. I went to school yeah yeah so all my babies were home with me day in and day out and I was like I, I need to do something <laughs> let me go back to school and if I never make a dime I love this like I just want to do this and right. And I'm, I'm, I'm good to, you know, learn, get the education and see where it goes. And so um, prior to that, what were you doing? 
Prior to that, I was doing different party plans like Prince's House or Pampers Chef or um, what else did I do? Gosh, too many to count. <laughs> but that was my socialization, you know, that was me getting out of the house every once in a while and, right. and uh, making a little extra money. But I, I just, you know, I wanted something that I was really passionate about and something right. that I could see doing long term. So you emerge out of college, like you finish your course, and is it really clear for you at that point that you're going to move forward or what happens at that point? Oh, absolutely. Yes, for sure. I knew I was moving forward with it. It was just a matter of how. Um, and it was just kismet, you know, or God's plan. I, I moved next door um, to a um, to a mathematician and a scientist and her best friend from high school um was looking for an interior for an intern and uh, my neighbor and I were talking because I you know it's like I need I want to go back to work and um just thinking about what was possible you know we had moved from <laughs> from Albuquerque New Mexico to Palo Alto California so it was like ooh, I need to work like before I wanted to get out and work but right. now this cost in this economy uh was requiring me to work and I was you know letting my neighbor know that um I was great in math I had majored back and forth in undergrad between math and chemical engineering mm -hmm. and uh with her being um a mathematician she's like oh well you could do tutoring and i was like okay that sounds good um she's like well what else do you do i was like well i just finished my interior design degree she's like what she's like my best friend from high school is looking for an intern so that that was just a perfect setup for perfect. me and that was my first job perfect and at what point did you were you clear about like i want to set up my own business well, that wasn't right off the bat, really. It, um, it, it actually that kind of came out of necessity too, because I worked for my first and only boss for two years. We worked on a uh, design, you know, from ground up, um, fourteen million dollar mansion in Palo Alto, California. Wow, it was crazy, amazing project. Uh, we did that together for two years, and at the conclusion, she wanted to ramp down and spend more time at home and volunteering with her kids and things like that. And I was like, no, I want to keep going. <laughs> By chance, someone at my husband's job wanted an interior designer, mm -hmm. and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, my wife does that. And she's like, let me have her number. And I met her and worked with her for a few months and redid her entire townhouse, and it was kind of figuring it out as I went. Um, and because of my old job, uh, had the sources, although they're a little more high end, um, it, it still was a good starting point. Right. <laughs> and so we redid her whole townhouse and then she recommended me to her friends and they recommended me to their friends. And that was the start of my business. Wow. And how long has it been actually running your own business now? for 20 years oh it's but, been 30 years. Oh. yeah yeah but i will say i will say that um before i was more of a freelancer than a business owner so okay. i was definitely self-employed uh didn't have team didn't have systems really didn't know what i was doing i was just figuring it out as i went like i had great style but the business sense you know wasn't there um i was happy with the money i was making because i didn't pay any overhead you know i didn't market right. it i didn't have staff i was again was a freelancer
if you think about that time, so what was it that made you think, well, I, I want to build a business that brings brings in that brings in half that we have the team and right. you're running a firm. You know, that really never crossed my mind until we moved again. And when we moved from Palo Alto to San Diego, it was right in the middle of the crash. And I, it was hard to get clients. I was brand new to town, didn't know anyone. The market obviously, you know, slowed down in the, the price range that I was working in, at least. It, it was like something's missing. What do I need? Mm -hmm. And so I started finding different programs, incubators and, you know, um, mentoring and ran across Lisa Nichols, actually. Someone invited me okay. to one of her events and I was like, sure, yeah, I'll go. And that's when I found my, my first entrepreneurial tribe and really plugged in and connected in. It was like... What's an opt-in box? You know, <laughs> they were talking about all these things that was just way over my head, and just started learning about business and marketing and sales mm -hmm. and um, processes. And so then that's really in 2009, 2010 when my business acumen grew, and I I really started creating and building a business. Right. And what differences did that make in terms of the clients you were working with or the scale of the work? that you're now dealing you then started to deal with yeah so so i went from you know refresh you know free design, <laughs> design <laughs> time. i went from smaller projects gradually you know to larger projects and um, I'd say less than two years, I was doing whole homes where we were um, completely furnishing homes in Coronado, California, um, just all over the San Diego County. And that was just the result of marketing, learning and understanding about marketing and, and putting myself out there, speaking mm -hmm. more, um, learning about uh, referral partners and affinity groups and all these things right. that you can do that are low cost for marketing. I really started plugging in and leveraging those. Mm -hmm. yeah. And during this time, were there any challenges for you? I'm wondering as a black woman doing this work, because oftentimes when we imagine interior design, it's not often we see black women being showing up and being featured and, and so on. So what was that? What's that been like for you in your, in your time, particularly as you run your own business? Right. So I definitely know that it um, can be a hindrance at times, but I actually try to use it as a positive. I know that when I walk into a room, that's going to be really rare that people forget who I am. So mm -hmm. I use it as an opportunity to stand out, to have flair, to to um, be known. And as long as I represent myself, you know, where I'm proud and know that I can, you know, meet the need and, and fulfill all my promises, then I'm good. So, um, but what I will say is that sometimes the challenge comes in setting up new accounts with vendors or um, being invited and introduced to new product or new tours. Um, the, the market itself, the industry itself can be really tight fist as it is, regardless of color, mm -hmm. just very um, competitive, but it's starting to open up. I, I noticed that over just the last seven, eight years with the emergence of Facebook groups that we are now more collaborative instead of, um, you know, in direct competition with one another and, and holding back and holding out on all the good juicy uh, <laughs> nuggets and things. Let's stay in the, in your, in the interior design space and then we'll come back to more like 
background around success and where you source your success from. But I'm wondering if someone's like listening, they've just bought their place, like <laughs> just bought a new place or they're in an existing place. What are the things that we need to be thinking about, about our space if we want to improve, make improvements? I always like to start with how do you want the space to feel? Like, how do you want it to represent you? What's the function of that individual space? Sometimes it's dual purpose. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we have a a home where each room has its own specific and unique purpose. So I like to start there and and visualize how this space is going to make you feel. And then we work backwards. So we have color, we have uh, texture, we have lighting, all these different elements that that create a design space mm-hmm. that we think about and the emotional and psychological effects that those things have on you. Color being one of the strongest, um, but also your sense of smell, like what are the different scents? And uh, it's kind of some for some people an afterthought, but I think about this ahead of time, like how are we going to create this environment for you so that it makes you feel the way mm-hmm. you want? So would we start answering those that question? Would what if um what if we have a tight budget? You know, because sometimes one of the things I see is like when you have an interior design, it's like, well, it would look fantastic if I was like kitting out the whole space in in one go and we were had a budget and we would just like mm-hmm. I have that fixture, I have that, I have this. I'm not saying it's that easy to pull it together. I haven't said that, but like what 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 if we have someone has a really tight budget, what can they be doing? Right. So then I would think the next thing I would think is um, planning the space. And I would, you know, start from scratch, just like draw the four walls or uh, you know, draw out the footprint of your space and think about how you live and and the flow of your home, how it should how it should be arranged mm-hmm. so that it makes the function of the space and has great traffic patterns, whether it's you alone or a family or you intend to have guests often. Think about the traffic patterns and then arrange the space. Um, do a furniture plan and then from there you can take each item and assign a you know a little line item place holder mm-hmm. and get down to your budget, add in tax, add in a percentage for shipping. And then there's your big, big budget. Okay. Right. From there, you can look and see what do I need to get first? What are some of the things that in my existing space can work? Mm-hmm. Um, and then prioritize. So really it's all about planning. And then you can do it over time, knowing that you have a solid plan, you have your roadmap, mm-hmm. you have a color palette, you know, you have some things in place that are going to help you do it in a way that's well thought out and not just, you know, kind of hodgepodge. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought that's really good. I never thought about doing the plan and then you just, imp- I mean, it's the same thing that we do at work, but I never right, thought right. about that in terms of the room, <laughs> do the plan and then implement the plan over time. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and, then and, I- and I will say, Shirley, oftentimes we do, you know, virtual design. We've been doing that for the past five or six years okay. and having the plan and having the vision, the concept board actually keeps you motivated. And so you save a little mm-hmm. more and mm-hmm. it's getting that, you know, that latte or that purse or those extra shoes, you'll put it away in your design fund. And so uh, having the plan also helps motivate you. Yeah, very good. Well, I've been, so as I think about looking, I always think about that the room behind us because it's a, it's a really big space and 
I'm never happy with it. I can't tell look like, I'm only happy with this bit and the rest of it, I'm just not happy with. And I've just been sitting with it, but not doing. I'd be happy to help. Much about <laughs> it, Nikki. We need to be, we need to have a conversation because it's really very frustrating. Mainly because I keep complaining to my husband about it, but not doing it. Uh, <laughs> I want to kind of backtrack and like talk about your um, notion of success. Mm-hmm. So here you are building out, you've got a team. How about how, how, how many people on your team right now? Oh my gosh, now we have eight people. On our eight team. people. Oh, I mean, wow. Days, you know? <laughs> yeah. Eight people on your team. And how many projects does that mean you're working on at any one time? It depends on the size, maybe. Yeah, we just um, wrapped three projects, but at our biggest, we had 15 major projects going on. And it was. How would you define success for you? For me, success is doing what I want with who I want. (laughs) And so, you know, I I revel in the fact that I love what I do and I get to do it day in and day out. But then I also get to take a break. You know, I, I will go and look up and it's been 21 days that I've done some work at some point in the day, you know, not always hardcore all the time, day in, mm-hmm. day out, um, you know, 10 hour days, but I look back and I'm like, oh, I didn't take the weekend off, but okay, I'm, I'm still feeling good. I feel still feel rested. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fresh. And to be able to pick our clients, like to work with people that we really like, that we admire and respect, that we have similar goals and visions mm-hmm. for ourselves and our our families. Being able to do that is, is gosh, such a gift and, and truly joyful every single day. We know that there are many people, women who start a business and then they don't succeed, you know, much less get to a point where they've got a team of eight people and 15 projects, you know what I mean, that you're working on. Like, so you really are really growing a really sound, strong, like business. What is it that you say would say is the source of your success? Because you're also working in an industry where you, there's so few of you or few of us working in that. industry as well so what is what do you think you're you're leaning on relying on bringing the source in that success definitely um faith definitely faith is a a foundation i'd say of course loving what i do helps me push through the moments that are hard and challenging Mm -hmm. um and you know you lose track of time because you love it so much i would say community oh my gosh community has been such a such a lifesaver and a life raft because, you know, when there are times that I don't know what to do, I can call out and reach out and, mm-hmm. and get feedback from others that have been in that position or in like, you know, similar positions. You know, they're your, your squad, your cheerleading section and, and right. gives you that extra boost of energy when you feel like, oh, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. You know, it's that that last little boost that you sometimes need, external boost. But of course, you have to have internal drive. And I think I've just always been a person where I don't give up. You know, I just keep going even mm-hmm. when I fail, even when I feel like I suck or this sucks. I'm not likely to give up. So, uh, yeah. I think so the I- kind of perseverance, the keeping going and the reliance on community and people to support when needed I'm wondering how you find your you know there are people who are like who are these people you know like who who struggle to find community who struggle Mm -hmm. to find the support that they need when support 
when we're taking stuff on is critical to our success because when we feel alone you know we there, you said as you said there are times where you absolutely need someone to be cheering us on yeah. and or giving us practical prag- pragmatic yes. guidance too you know sometimes it's not like a cheerleader you just need what do I do yeah and sometimes that's like swift kick in the butt that's right yeah like get out there stop complaining and get on me like really that's what you're crying about that's not that bad let me tell you about this (laughs) yeah so how have you how have you sourced your people where do you where have you come across them or how do you go about finding them Yeah, so the first group was definitely by chance. But again, I will say that it was through a friend who I had been on a praise dance team with, um, a citywide praise dance team when I lived in Palo Alto. Mm -hmm. And um, she was coming down to San Diego like every few months. And I thought it was for work. And I'd be like, okay, let's be sure to get together for dinner this time. And and the whole weekend go by and we wouldn't get together. And then the next time, the next time, and I'm like, Kim, like, what's up? Like what, you know, your job doesn't allow you to have dinner. Like they got you tied up the whole weekend. So she finally confessed and said, you know, I've been going to this conference and I was just filling her out because, you know, Lisa Nichols was in uh, The Secret, right? And, 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 right. Um, mm-hmm. and so it was kind of a little woo-woo for mm-hmm. super, super, super Christians. <laughs> so, so my friend was a bit embarrassed to tell me where she was, but she finally told me, she's like, I think she's good. I think she's good people. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to bring you along. Right. So that was my first community, but that was rooted again through another community, mm-hmm. right? So it's just mm-hmm. connection points and and other communities, the one you and I know each other right. has been amazing. And I know them through someone that was in Lisa Nichols program, Doreen Rainey. Okay. We all went to dinner one time. And so Lamar and Ronnie were there and that's how I met them. And it, it's just from... You know, it's just being just for your connections, basically. Yeah. And then have you ever. But I will say, wait, so hold that question, because I want to interject that sometimes like right now I'm in Omaha. It's our new city. Um, So a little backstory. My husband was in the Navy. He's retired now. But it's it's because of the Navy that we've been in all these different. Yeah, I was just going to say, because we're like, (laughs) someone's going to see like, she again. renovate her homes right Um, exactly i wish yeah but this time i do um get to do that so um but now you know moving here to omaha i haven't made friends as quickly as i would have Mm -hmm. due to covid but i am certainly out there and putting myself out there and um i will even go to the point of inviting people you know to a, a little friend group. Hey, let's meet you and so-and-so and so-and-so go out for dinner. Okay. Um, so I am not afraid to insert myself right. <laughs> or to create my own community if, if there's not one there. Nikki, that's impressive because that is not, I I shied away from that for a long time. Like in, in, in when we moved here, I mean, I, Spoiler alert, I, I occur like I am could be extroverted, but I'm really not. You know, it's a learned behavior. Yeah, like if you yeah. take me right back to my early days, it's just yeah. like I find it very challenging to keep going. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I need to, you know, 
I just need to to re-energize once I've been out there having those conversations. So, yeah. So it's kind of it. Yeah. yeah. Stay back a little bit. I'm like just a little, little not too. And then I can like connect one on one with people yeah. a bit more, and then I can, you know, I can stay if I'm in a place. You you will find me speaking to the same person most of the evening. That's where you'll find me, and uh, unless other people come into the space and then kind of move it around, but um, but you can find yeah. your one person that's also that way, right? You can spot them. In You're the right. Room. Yeah, that's right. You spot the person who's gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, closer to the wall usually is the walls and corners is usually the place to look. Um, I'm wondering what, when you said, you know, you've got an inner drive and um, what is it, What what's the thing that's motivating you to keep, to, to create this? Because there's another part of, sometimes, I don't know if you've have, ever had this thought, I think when I'm doing the office, it's like, why am I doing this? I could just take a chill pill so what is it about what's the drive what is it in you that's yeah. saying I want to do this and I want to build this company and wherever whatever the vision is for you and it's like this right. life that you are creating right I think you know it's I don't know what it is but I can get bored easily so so once I achieve one thing then I'm already setting my goal to the mm-hmm. next thing so it's it's not necessarily that I set these huge expectations all at once. It's just that, you know, once I've mastered something, then I, I want the next challenge and the next okay. challenge and the next challenge. So it's just my overactive imagination <laughs> and creativity. I don't think it's not necessarily, oh, I want to have a firm. I never said I wanted to have a firm with eight people. I never said that. So. <laughs> Never, never, never. Actually, I didn't want to be anyone's boss because I didn't want to be the mean one. You know, I didn't want to I didn't want to have to um, hold people accountable or, you know, but but I've learned how to meet my own leadership style and and leverage that. Mm. We we hold ourselves accountable, you know, and and if you want to be a part of this team and do this work, then this is what's required. So um, I've, I've gotten a little a lot better in that mindset. Yeah, that it doesn't, you can find your own way of creating the boundaries and it doesn't have to look like this other notion of leadership, which is look mean or horrible or inappropriate or, yeah, yeah, that's great. I'm wondering that one of the things that, you know, in terms of challenges that inevitably come up for us in our life, I'm wondering what's been your, one of your biggest challenges and, and have you got beyond it? Yeah, I would say one of my biggest challenges is being a people pleaser, definitely. Um, Ties into not wanting to be the mean boss, you know, wanting everyone to be happy around me. Um, And it is hard in design to operate in that way when projects, you know, you don't have control over some of the things that happens in projects like timelines, like contractors. Mm. And so what I do to overcome that is I give my disclaimers all up front. <laughs> you know, I say, I let them know, I let them know, you know, sometimes goods take six weeks to come in. Sometimes they take 16 weeks to come in. Wow. With COVID, there are no 
timelines. Like we absolutely have no control over things that are happening overseas, over this tiny little part that's needed, but no one's producing it anymore because those factories close. And so now they got to source out some, you know, like I have no control of these things. Right. I let people know up front, but people forget. And so then I just have to remind them to go back to that page we signed at the beginning. And um, I really want them to have their furniture tomorrow, but it's not going to happen. And, and you know, right. Everything that I can. So that gets me in trouble because I really, my heart hurts, you know, mm -hmm. people don't get their way because I want them to have everything exactly how they pictured it. And so that can, if I'm not careful, that can lead me into over-promising and under-delivering mm -hmm. or costing myself something that I shouldn't have to pay for. Like it's right. not my fault that, you know, things are in storage longer because we're waiting on this one last piece. Like you get to choose, do we want to install now and let that one last piece come later and we not get the full effect all at once? Like you know you imagine right or do you want to wait and you yes it will be more shipping it will be more storage costs but then you'll get that grand reveal so like i just have to be intentional to give people their own choices and 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 stay out of it you know mm -hmm. and stop trying to be the the miracle worker when you said 16 weeks you're like i i can see how a lot of people wouldn't even imagine that it would take that long you I know think I'm just so they think I'm padding just to pad. I'm like, no, 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 it really is 16 weeks. <laughs> it really is that long. And we're so used to, let's believe, I mean, there's some of these other places like Amazon where tomorrow. You, get, you get tomorrow, you get like same day service. And people. And so we, we've got into a mindset that does just not, doesn't relate to the rest of the reality for most people and most like, and things that need to be built. Right. Right. from screen. Uh, yeah right you know the things that aren't really waiting in a factory you know you got four children four boys and four so what's the age range of them now what how old are they now they are 20 up to 25 almost 26 so i have right. times in, in six years so then they were young so young when you started mm -hmm. right okay so when if you think about that time you're building your business you're moving yeah to new communities as well um fairly frequently sounds like you know every few years you there's a move and i'm wondering how you took care of yourself like what was the things that you made sure that you you know, we talk about self-care, like a self-care practice or practices that made sure that you could put yourself at the center of all of that because right. four boys, <laughs> I don't know, yeah, I've only had two. A lot of I've only had two, one. one's a girl, one's a boy. I can't imagine four, four children. I was one of four like as a child, but oh. I think about that often when I think about my mum had four kids, you know, yeah. I think about that often. So, over to take care of yourself. It was, it was definitely a lot to manage. And I was just learn how to uh, create more white space in my calendar. So I'm not always running around like a mad woman mm -hmm. um, to um, to do more um, bubble baths, even, you know, mm. just, I'm alone, just listening to music, um, 
being able to think. Um, I would exercise more. That was also time for me to be alone and just think and be in nature, mm -hmm. um, listen to gospel music. Um, girlfriend time, again, back to I'm, I'm a people person. Mm -hmm. Word. And so having friends and the energy of people um, is important to me. And so having that balance of alone time, but also people time. And, ooh, this is a good one. I started taking more trips. I started vacationing and I would have a family vacation and then a couple's vacation and a girlfriend's vacation. So um, I'd say about five, maybe six years ago now, mm -hmm. um, you know, I started adding the extra vacations in and it makes a big difference to have that, you know, next thing to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and the, it, well, if, if, you, if I can think that if we increase the in frequency of the breaks, then we don't get to the part where we're so exhausted before the break arrives, you know, that we, we, we have that rate. So we're sourced up to keep moving and, and getting moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thank you for that. I'm wondering the other thing is to what degree, you know, let me come back. One of the questions I always ask my guests is about the wisdom of a elder woman in their life and maybe their mama, what their mama used to say, or it could be an, another older woman in their life who has been influential. Like, is there a bit of piece of wisdom that has stayed with you from an older woman? I would say my mom, whenever I would say, that's not fair, or she would say, Nikki, you can't win them every time. <laughs> you can't win them all. Like, you know, sometimes you've got to give, you know, it's not going to always go your way. So I, I hear that in my head and, and knowing that, oh my gosh, so many times I've been like, uber blessed and, and super, you know, favored. And, and sometimes it's okay. Those, those are awesome times. And sometimes it's not going to, it's not going to pan out that way. So right. just let go of the pity party and stop pouting. My mom always used to say, well, just keep getting up every day. You know, mm -hmm. when I would say, well, why, you know, why do you do that? Or why do you do this? And just noticing her different, you know, idiosyncrasies. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so when I start having those, it, it would just, makes sense so it was almost just like being prepared for what's to come mm -hmm. um, by watching her and and her letting me know it's going to come with age so there's so much that I'm 53 now so that even in the last like 10 years it feels like such a, I call it a real state change I think when I got to 47 it just felt like such a significant state change from the life before mm -hmm. and I couldn't explain I couldn't explain it other than, you know, that, you know, the experience when you is one minute you're pregnant and then you give birth, then you're not pregnant anymore. And you're like, wait, I was pregnant yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. It kind of felt like that. I was 47 and it just like, I feel different. I, I don't feel like I did yesterday and it was only yesterday that I wasn't 47, but it was, it felt really significant to me and I'm not sure, you know, so the last, so the years since then have, really is a strong like real paradigm shift really my relationship to myself yeah for sure yeah for sure. it was um maybe five or six years ago when I first started even liking my own hair like up until then mm. I didn't like my hair and I didn't like my eyes my eyes were too big I thought all my life and so wow. that self-love definitely starts kicking in mm. a little older 
um, as you become wiser. And I'm sure there's some young ladies out there that that fully and truly love themselves. But I, I don't know. And the society that we grow, grew up in, um, mm -hmm. that can be challenging. And so I, I am so happy that we're in um, back to loving ourselves as Black right. women more um, at younger ages and, and making it acceptable and natural and normal to love all the different features that we have. Right. Yeah, I mean, from the outside, I mean, I'm looking at when you say that, it just doesn't make sense. Do you know what I mean? Like from the outside, I understand from the inside, but your hair is so beautiful, obviously. You're such a stunning, you have such a stunning face and your your presence is just so, you have a big presence, right? Oh. You show up in the room, you're radiant. It Thank really you. just, yeah, it's so stunning. So, but I, I know that from the intern, it doesn't mean anything. You know, in terms you feel the way you feel. And but sometimes we have to be in the listing of others in order to get who we are. But yeah, that transformation and the trans the transform conversation that we're in about black women and our, our greatness and our beauties. So yeah, we didn't grow up like that. We yeah. you know, it was if there was a black person on the TV, you'd be running to the TV like, oh my God, there's a black woman on the TV and the whole family would come and have a look, you know, right, right. that's significant. So yeah. where do you, so what's your vision for yourself? Where do you want to go? What do you want to, like, what, what are you building? Where are you heading? Yeah, so my next goal is to have a firm that is running itself that I get to. Mm -hmm. Um, work with our key clients, you know, in just my singular capacity of mm -hmm. lead designer, creator, and then I can step away <laughs> and then the team implements and um, fills in the some of the smaller uh, details. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd love to be able to do that and travel more. So I, I truly believe that so much of my creativity comes from new experiences. Mm -hmm. And so that would only bolster my um, value to my clients just to have the freedom to do more exploring. Mm. And are you, do you work, do you want to work internationally? Are you working internationally? We do, we do. Oh, so wow. We have a couple of clients overseas, but um, yeah, I would, I would love to do more work overseas. It's just, it's a lot of coordinating. Um, so, you know, through COVID and, and as I mentioned mm -hmm. before, working virtually five years ago on a large project in Washington, D.C., we have mastered that. Uh, to to the point where we're down to three visits and and everything can be done for a large renovation or furnishing. Um, wow! Yeah, incredible. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's been an amazing experience to be able to do that and to really hone in and and get our systems really tight and know everything we need to do and to maximize the time while we're there with the client in their space. So uh, that's I good. am stunned by that. Yeah, yeah, I haven't. Even, I imagine you being in there all the time. I suppose mm -hmm. it's kind of like that sense of reviews on a program. You know, they're in bunch. It's so intense to just do like a week or something. But right. yeah, in truth. But it, yeah, yeah. So it's wow. That's incredible. Like three visits, and then you just like, and then you're in implementation basically yep. of the design that you come up with. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So so to do that overseas, um, I, I want to be able to live there a while and, and be as familiar mm -hmm. as we are with some of the other cities that we're working in. Where would you, where, if you got a, a place that it would be like, it would be amazing if I lived in X and did that? 
it would be amazing if I lived in New Zealand. That's that's oh, dream wow. retirement. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. beautiful and just so quirky. I, I'm I'm a total uh <laughs> total nerd and quirky person myself that I fit right in. Yeah. We years ago, well, twenty years ago, when we got married, we went to our um, honeymoon was in in Bali, uh-huh. and we've never been back. And I'd love to do. That's one of the things when when in the pandemic, I was dreaming about just being in Bali for a month. Yeah, you know, and just like hanging out there, working from there. Then I got myself a dog, so I don't know how that's going to work. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, that's why I, I dream about that. I dream about hanging out in Bali for for a month or longer if if I if I could. Um, so if you had to if you had to give advice to a younger Nikki, mm-hmm. my closing question: What advice would you give her? Um, I would tell her to. Um, to love all the weird things about her, uh, mm-hmm. to not try to hide. Um, I would tell her to be patient with herself. Mm-hmm. If anyone wanted to get in contact with you, how would they find out about you and about, you know, if they wanted to work with you, how would they do that? Mm-hmm. Um, so our website is NikkiKlugDesign.com and then we're on Insta and Facebook and um, it's also Nikki Klug, uh, Nikki Klug Design. Mm-hmm. Um, some places might be Nikki Klug Design Group, okay. but um, it's a pretty unique name, Nikki Klug, and if you plug that in, you'll find me. Great. N-I-K-K-I-K-L-U-G-H. So, say again. N-I-K-K-I-K-L-U-G-H. Great. Well, I hope that they reach out. I know there's a conversation to be had about the big room in our house. I <laughs> and what we're doing. It's been so wonderful to spend some time with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. Well, I really hope that you're left with ideas about what you could do and the importance of our space and the importance of spending time paying attention to our environment and that you're inspired by Nikki and her story and how she and what she does and her her top tips so let me know if you do anything with your space as a result if you're painting that wall this weekend if you're buying a new piece of furniture if you're buy new sheets for your bed like whatever it is that you're doing like little tweaks if you've created your plan start working on my plan um for the for a room and then gradually just work on your plan like whatever it is for you let me know what you you're, you're doing to make a difference to your life inspired by the she's got drive guests She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome or female band Blonde. The song is called Circles. Until next time, go well and stay well.